wonderful Savior. You're so faithful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Great is our faithfulness toward him just as his faithfulness has been toward us. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise for an opportunity to see the beginning of what you are going to do in 2023. Thank you for keeping us, preserving us, and preparing us, God, for moving us in a direction to advance your kingdom. God, we thank you right now for every man, woman, boy, and girl, every person under the sound of my voice. God, we ask that you would speak to their hearts right now. God, make them aware that they are in need of a savior. And we thank you for that. God, thank you for making us the instrument who reaches out and speaks a word of deliverance. And God, we give you praise for that. Now, God, we thank you for these mortal bodies. Make these whole, complete, and lacking nothing. Fill the temple with the spirit. And God, fill the minds of people to receive your word. Now let your kingdom come in this place as your will is being done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Now, because you were so faithful this weekend, I'm going to try to be mindful of your time. I know your bodies are tired. And if yours is not, mine is. <laughs> so I'm going to be as brief as I know how to be. Everybody look at me and say, he don't know how to be. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. Two verses, two verses, just two verses. Just two. <laughs> it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, by, but, by, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I just want to give you this thought today, rethinking my service. Rethinking my service. And as you sit down, I'll repeat it one more time. Rethinking my service. 
uh, I think the object here is, of course, is that we all have an idea of what we think we should do to serve God. And we've all tried to make a, a concerted effort to do just what we believe God would have us to do. But in most cases, uh, what we had planned to do and how we are uh, uh, affecting what we thought he is calling us to do is not working out. There's a disconnect between what we believe and, uh, and what he is actually saying to us. Anytime you have an assignment that you cannot seem to complete, it's because there's something, some piece of information, something, some requirement that's missing. There's a part there that's not complete. And what uh, Paul does here is tells us uh, initially that we need to know, first of all, the doctrine. And, and Romans chapter 12 says that he goes all the way through 1, verses 1 through 11 to give us that doctrine. And then he says now, when he gets to verse 1, he says now we move from the intellectual to the actual. In other words, we're moving away from what we have studied and learned and, and believe that the Bible is telling us. In most cases, it's such a, a high and lofty thing that we can't do it anyway. But he says he's moving it to the actual. What does that mean? I can do it. He moves us to a place that we can actually do what he has called us to do. Now, it is my intention to probably only do one verse, that one verse, uh, and not do verse two because uh, I know how much time it's going to take. <laughs> uh, if, I'm, if I'm fortunate enough to get to verse two, that's good. But if not, you know, we have another Sunday. We'll be fine. We will be fine. Look at y'all. So let's start where he starts. He says, I beseech you or I urge you. So Paul, when he talks to us, he talks to us this way. He says, I want to urge you, brothers and sisters. Now, whenever he begins to talk to us as brothers and sisters, he's saying that we are part of the family of God. Let me put it another way. What he's saying to us is that uh, you are the people who have understood that you lived a certain way and that God was gracious enough to allow you to be rescued through salvation. And because of that, because of his mercy, because of his compassion, his compassion upon us, that we should present our bodies. <laughs> now, when Paul says that, that God has compassion upon us, his grace, the Bible calls it his, his mercy. And, and when he uses that word, it, it evokes a whole lot of thoughts. Uh, one of the things that he says about this, uh, mercy, the mercy of God, it's Otirkomos, and it simply means compassion. But what, what, and I think we taught this some time ago, but I'll just remind you anyway, that compassion is an emotion that comes from us when 
we see people who need help. In other words, that, 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 that person in the situation causes something in us to, to take action. And when God looked at us as sinners, he was moved to do something to help us. And that something was to help us uh, uh, to be saved. Amen. <clears throat> so the Bible says that because of this, we have to now present our bodies. Now, whenever he says present something, I like to, let's use the word differently, because uh, I'm slow, so I, I, I figure if I can get it, you, you, you certainly can, because y'all are real smart. That's to make up for that other thing I said. So why don't we use that word present in a different way? Let's make it a present. Now, because it just makes sense. If this holiday season you received a gift, or as Miss Katie liked to say, present. She don't want toys, she wants a present. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you received a present, then who does the present belong to? Mm, look at you. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. It no longer belongs to the presenter. It belongs to you. Now, when the Bible says that you present your bodies, then what he is saying is that it is presenting something that you give up all claim to. Yes. Amen. You're giving up claim to it. You no longer are responsible. You have no ownership. First Corinthians three sixteen said, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So your body, before you were saved, belonged to the devil. He lived in it. He used it. He abused it. Amen. And then one day you got saved. And the Bible says now you have to present this body In other words, I have to give up claim to the old body that I had and receive this new body. Now, when the Bible says that you you present it and I'm going to like I said, I'm trying to slow walk this. When I present this body, then I have relinquished all claim. And because I've relinquished all claim, it's no longer mine. It belongs to the one that I give it to. Now, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, there's a, a little section on marriage. Now, I like this section. I, I refer to it quite a bit because here's what I want you to know. If people read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 through 6 or 1 through 8, depending on what you need from there, you will find that if you 
lived according to it, the divorce rate among Christians would drop by at least 50%. I didn't say people in the world. <laughs> because 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says this. Let me find it for you. You all know it. I mean, come on. It says, uh, that's verse 3. It says, let the husband render to his wife affection do her, and likewise also the wife her husband. Boom. You know what ama what's amazing? Everybody just looking all around. That's in the Bible. All right. Now, now, one step further. It says the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife. Now, when, when, when marriage takes place, and I'm using this to illustrate presenting, when marriage takes place, takes place, it means that each party gives up claim to themselves. Now, that's why you should not get married if you want to do your own thing. Amen. Now, ladies, if you don't want to submit to a man, that's great. Just don't get married. Men, if you don't want to work, cool. Just don't get married. <laughs> it's amazing that whenever we say render to the other, we always think about the intimacy part. But, but you know, you can't stay in bed all the time. Sometimes you got to pay some bills. You expect every. <laughs> you expect every person <laughs> to do his or her part. Huh? Now, it doesn't do any good for me to work all day and bring home the groceries and ain't nobody to cook them. Yeah. <laughs> the illustration is that when you give up yourself, it is, the Bible calls it, a living sacrifice. Now, I'm not going to verse 5 because then you also are going another way. So let's just stick with these two verses that we, we deal because I'm trying to make a point. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we all started this new year with the right idea about relationships. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Y'all might be able to start smiling at each other again. <laughs> Who knows? Now, brothers, I'll be receiving an offering. <laughs> brothers, it ain't worth it. That's all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now he goes on to say this. Come on now. I'm back to, to Romans. Y'all can breathe again. 
he says back here, he says uh, <laughs> that you present your bodies. And then he says you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, before I go any further with that, there's only two places in the Bible that there's been ever been a living sacrifice. Uh, in Genesis chapter 22, you know the story of uh, Isaac, right? Abraham uh, was told by God to, to give him his son. Amen. Now, what we understand is that Isaac willingly placed himself on the altar. Y'all understand what I just said? He willingly placed himself on the altar. In other words, he says, I'm going to be the sacrifice. God, hoping to show Abraham what his uh, plan and his promise was, bought out a lamb. The lamb became the sacrifice in substitution. In substitution for Isaac. So in essence, Isaac was the sacrifice. The lamb was the substitute. The lamb died in Isaac's place. So Isaac was a living He gave up claim to his life and yet he retained a new life. Jesus did exactly the same thing. He voluntarily went to the cross, gave up his life as a living sacrifice, the Lamb of God, for your life. Amen. And because he was raised on the third day, he also was a living. So the Bible says here that when God asks for a living sacrifice, he wants your body, the same body that we just talked about, as a living sacrifice. In other words, I don't want the old you. I already had you. I want a new you. A living you that can be used. And this new you, he says, is going to become temple of God. Now, we're talking about sacrifice. Sacrifice is always given in the temple. And the Bible says that we're now going to be the vessel that possesses his presence. Now, you're going to be wonderful for 2023, I'm telling you. This vessel, this body, 
Okay, let's talk about this for just a moment. We said that you are the temple of God. Now, the temple as a physical place is might might be called this right here, a church. It is a place where people come to worship. Temples are built for a purpose. Temples are built for a purpose. God could have made man any way he wanted him to be. But he designed man as the habitation of his presence because he needed to incorporate his purpose in the man. And the only way that man could become a functioning temple is the result of how God designed man. He designed man to work and he designed his work to be his worship. Now, he said this, he said, listen, he, he, he said that he designed us for worship and our work. Here we go. Our reasonable service is what the temple was designed for. That's why we have arms and legs and, and we have a mind and we have eyes and a mouth because we are designed for God to use us to accomplish his purpose. Now that means that everything that we do as a living sacrifice, wait a minute, the Bible says holy and acceptable. So maybe we need to talk about that a little bit. He says holy means righteous. He designed you to be a holy vessel. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says, and, and, and mm, I guess I said I might, I, I wasn't gonna get into verse two, but I need to just peep in there just a little bit. Can we just take a little sneak, sneak peek at? He says, don't be conformed to this world. You would never design to be worldly. Listen, sin is hard work. Folks say it's pleasure, but it's hard work. You got to sneak around. Hide. Huh? If, if you're an undercover drinker, now you got to put stuff in your mouth so nobody smell it, even though you, you're acting like a fool. Come on. Spray you all over so the, the cigarette smoke. Sin is hard work. And we talk about the pleasure. I, I won't go. I won't go there. But the amount of time you enjoy the pleasure ain't hardly worth. Huh? Always peeping to see if anybody's looking. See, see the one good thing about if you meet another saint in the liquor store, you ain't got no problem. 
Your problem comes in when you step out of the stool. Yeah. <laughs> Holy means set apart. God made us with these bodies so that we could be holy. And our holiness does not begin when we uh, get saved. You were set apart from birth. The problem is that you kept going the wrong direction until you got yourself to a place that you were separated from God. Now you got to be saved so you can come back. So now let's come back. The Bible says you have to be holy and acceptable. Now, I know the Bible doesn't say and acceptable. It says holy acceptable. Does it say that in your Bible? Is there an and in your Bible? We always put that in because it makes us feel better. If you're holy, you're already <laughs> I mean, is that what? And he calls that, that your, your holiness and your acceptability as being your reasonable service, reasonable service, rational service. It's, here's what I like to say, it's common sense service. All right, let me preface all this by saying, I made mention last night and, and I might, might have offended some people, but I'm going to try to clean it up a little bit. I, I doubt it, but. <laughs> I said, even Jesus can't fix stupid. Stupid is not a disease. It's not an affliction. Stupid is learned behavior. And if you are one of those people that are classified that way, it means you hung around. So when you get saved, you don't fix that part. Look at y'all. I can read the scriptures and find something that makes me do something stupid. Huh? I can't understand why angels can fly and I can't. So I'm gonna make me some <laughs> Now, you know, people have tried this and, uh, huh? So, <laughs> the way that you fix that, and I'm, 
I, if I had a better word, I would, I would use it, but I, I can't. The way that you fix this is through koinonia. See, you have to fellowship with the right people that will lead you in the right direction so that you don't do, and I'll use this word, strange stuff. You are a product of your environment. So you, when you do stuff that appears to be strange, it's because nobody told you that. That's not how we do it. I remember years ago. <clears throat> I don't know if I could tell this in church. Let's see. I think I think I'll, I think I'll be all right. I remember years ago I was in uh, in, in Japan. We were in uh, went to uh, Sapporo, Japan. In Sapporo, it was one of the uh, more modern cities in in Japan. But this was in the '60s, okay. In the 60s, uh, indoor plumbing had not yet been introduced. So Sapporo has all these nice hotels, and they used to call it Little Tokyo. So it had all the fine hotels, and, and it had indoor plumbing. Well, when you went to the public restroom, on the, the commode, there were footprints. You begin to understand where we're going with this. Because they'd never seen anything like that. The only thing they'd use, you know, they had to stand or, or squat, whatever. I mean, I, you know, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to be but they had footprints on it, which means they were introduced to something <laughs> where there was no social interaction with people who would say, no, you sit on this. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't stand over it. You, but if you, if you had never been exposed to that, then. And see, we have a culture the same way in church where people, have, you know that there are people who are getting saved every day. I pray they're getting more and more. of They're getting saved every day. They have never been in church. Never, ever been in anybody's church. So the first thing we do is we start to tell them the do's and the don'ts. Now, we won't, we, listen, we won't take them by the hand and walk through. No, we just, it's like being in support and say, there's the bathroom. You figure out how to use it. When a person comes to your church, and you tell them they can't sit in a certain place? How are they supposed to know that that's not proper? And if they believe that uh, 
the rules will condemn them, they're not going to come back. So if the person is, comes in and, and they say, well, uh, I want to sit in the front because I want to hear everything. Then you say, well, no, you can't sit in the front because. Why can't they? Now, y'all, y'all look at me like that, because even, even the leaders already know that uh, if you ain't sitting in the seat, anybody else can. Right. Hmm? So, 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 so I'm saying to you that it is, it is this relationship, it's the relationships, it's the relationships that cause us to understand how we're supposed to behave, what our, quote, reasonable service is, because we are around people who are doing rational things, rational things, not irrational things. We don't, listen, we don't move based on our emotions. I know you think you do. Rational means it's well thought out. It maybe only took 30 seconds, but I thought it out. Hmm? That's what you do every time you enter into traffic, right? Can I make it? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Rational. You can't just say, well, the Lord is with me. I'm just going to pull right out here. Which is what most people do. That's what keeps the body shop in business. <laughs> you know I'm right. <laughs> so so the, the Bible says then that what we offer God must be reasonable. And he designed the temple so that what we do is reasonable. It is rational. So the Bible says that our reasonable service is what we do. Here we go now. This is what we do as the temple every day, all day. Amen. Amen. Did you? Come on, let me tell you one more time. It's what we do all day. Every day. Let me pick on Sister McElmore. She's right in front of me. Every day she goes to that school. And when I say I'm cool, I ain't going to tell them which one. <laughs> she goes to that school. She has a function there in school. She knows between these hours and these hours, I'm going to do whatever. But when she goes there, and I'm going to use this arbitrary time, I'm going to say she goes there at 8 a.m. Well, she's the temple of God at 7 a.m. too. So when she arrives at 8 a.m., the same Holy Spirit is in her. He is, he is still talking to her. He is still using her until, let's just say, I'm going to say 3.30. I'm just... I don't know what school, I, when I was in school, I don't, I don't even think they knew what time we were there. <laughs> but at, at 
she has fulfilled her gift and calling, but she didn't do it in church. She left that school and went wherever. Let's just say she stopped at Wally World. When she, well, at Walmart. <laughs> and when she went through the aisles and whatever, she was still the temple of God. When you work, I better throw this out there. When you work, you hire your temple for eight hours a day. It's still the temple. And during that time, you perform a service for somebody and they give you remuneration for the service you perform. But you steal the temple. Are y'all still with me? Wherever she goes, whatever she does, she still. And see, the problem is that believers, they have this concept and this is why we have to have a reset. I'm going to get ready to close with this because I'm getting near my time and I know we can't get to chapter two, I mean verse two. But listen very carefully. We have to understand that you don't have a partial commitment to Christ. You are not the temple part time. You are the temple 24 seven, which means that you represent the kingdom 24-7, everywhere you go, no matter what you do. Amen. Now, in order for you to perform that service, you have to be, let's just say to your principal, you have to be submitted for eight hours. Amen. Hmm? Now, this is going to sound strange to some of you, but just come on, use your rational mind now. Rational mind. Rational mind. Don't try to spiritualize everything. Just, just listen to me. For eight hours, the principle is God. Now, you know he ain't God, so uh, uh, all right. But you serve him as though, or her, I, I just can't be sexist nowadays. You serve that person because you have uh, committed yourself to that part of service for that part of the day, but you're still the temple. You are still the worshiper of God. Your primary gifting and calling is that of a worshiper. Because I'm a living sacrifice, I'm sold out to God. Therefore, my service, the service I render is always unto God. No matter whose face is on it. Until we learn that our reasonable service is our worship, we're never going to be able to continue to move into the kingdom. Because what we're acting like is that what I do at home is one thing. What I do on the job is another. And what I do uh, in church is a whole nother. No, they're all the same. And the behavior has to be the same. And it should all be regulated by the same thing, which is your gift and calling because you are a sold out sacrifice. Amen. Hmm? 
It is impossible. It is impossible for you to render God 75 percent, 20 percent. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now, <clears throat> now what I just did here, what I just did here is told you something that you ain't going to really like when you think about it, you know, at three o'clock this afternoon when you think about it again. <clears throat> You are not, temple of God, allowed to have an attitude. Mm. Am I right? You are the temple 24-7. No more, more eye rolling. Come on. See, the one thing that we know is that our service is based on our relationships. If the relationship is wrong, the service is wrong. If the service is wrong, then I'm not acting as a temple and I have reverted back to my sinful ways. So, Pastor, you telling me I, I can't get people straight? You never could. You just thought you were. No. Everybody you fussed out, cussed out, everybody that you went off on, they just looked at you like you crazy. Went right on about their business. Hmm? Hmm? Because you tried to force your will on someone? Hmm? Well, Pastor, I, 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 I straightened somebody out, and they, and they didn't do that anymore. Now, let me tell you what happened. I'm going to give you my last minute here and tell you, tell you exactly what happened. You happened to be at the right place at the right time when the person wanted to change and it had nothing to do with you whatsoever. Amen. On that particular day, they said, I ain't lying anymore. And you happened to be there and say, now you need to stop lying. And now you're taking credit for it. But he had already decided. <laughs> So that's the other thing for 2023. We're not going to play God. The only life we're going to take responsibility for if we fix this one then it will spread to others but it won't be because we did it. It'll be because he did it. We good? All right. My number's in the red, so stand up on your feet. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) 
Let me just read you this one note. It's, it, it, I probably need this. It says worship is more than feeling good about God. Worship includes the matter of applying faith to everyday life. Amen. Things change because we change. Now, the one thing that Paul is very clear about in Romans 12 is that the world is a scary place. Let me tell you what the world has done. The world has uh, upped this game, especially in the last five years. The world has become more emboldened. That's why you see people everywhere are, are saying what they want to say. You know, it used to be people were restrained and they wouldn't say ugly stuff. Now you see all these uh, 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 problems with anti-Semitism, and, 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 uh, which is kind of amazing because, never mind. <laughs> I just keep thinking. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the problems have increased because people have become emboldened. And, and the thing is, is that the devil understands that the majority of the gifting is speaking. And if he can pervert the gift of speech, he can change everything. Hey, man, you know, there used to be a time when you you heard a love song and say, oh, that's so sweet. And now the rappers, when they start. <laughs> and the stuff that comes out of some of these people's mouths. And it's normal now. It's normal. Why? Because the world has changed. No, the world hasn't changed. We change. Let, yeah, let me make that clear. The world didn't change because the world's always been that way. But we changed because we gravitated to what they were doing. We were always musical people. But we had a clean beat. Hmm? That's why, you know, uh, I, like, I, I, I like old soul. Hmm? Don't require much of me. Huh? And these, these young people now, they move in such a way you think that you, they need a chiropractor when they finish the dance. <laughs> but my point is, we change. We start gravitating that way. We lost our power. Let's take it back. The service that we render God must be holy. And if it's holy, it's going to be acceptable. And if it's acceptable, it'll be rational. It'll be rational. And I'll talk more next week about our being rational. That means stop being way out there. Uh, what my son called them? Creepy Christians. <laughs> stop being a creepy Christian. Hmm? Don't keep having all these visions and dreams and Let me pray so I get out of trouble. <laughs> Father, I thank you <laughs> for instructing us on
how you became the architect in designing this temple. And you designed it with a certain functionality. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you that these arms and these hands are made for work. And these feet are used for the carrying of the gospel. And that our hearts and minds are open to receive witty inventions and things that will change our lives. And God, we give you praise for that. We thank you for making our service practical, giving us the opportunity not only to serve you, but to serve mankind in the process. So, God, we give you praise for it. Empower us, God, to advance this kingdom. And, God, we thank you for it. We thank you, God, even now for having the word in due season. And, God, we give you praise for that. Now, God. Let this word find a place in our spirits that will be the guiding light, God, that will be our uh, uh, GPS to move us to one place to another without error. And God, we give you praise for that. Now, God, knit us together even as we love on one another and share with one another so that we grow together and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, family. Thank you so much for rocking with us today through getting through this service on this first service of 2023. We are so excited that you are here with us. Listen, um, before we go, what better opportunity than the first day of 2023? to solidify your faith walk or renew your faith walk. Um, listen, if I'm talking to you, if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heartstrings, uh, if you are in a place where you say, you know what, I got to make some changes. Uh, and I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. I'm talking about a, a lifestyle change. I'm talking about a forever change from the inside out. If I'm talking to you, I want you to join me in this prayer. It's a simple prayer. And it's a, it's a simple process. It's three steps. Simple as ABC. First, admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, believe that Christ died for your sins. And thirdly, confess that he is Lord over your life. If I'm talking to you, if you're doing this for the first time or you want to make a renewal, join me in this simple prayer. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you for this opportunity of forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die just for me. Thank you that he took all of my sin to the grave just for me. Thank you that he got up with all power just for me. So now, Father, I ask you, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my savior. Thank you, Lord. I now confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart that when Jesus was raised from the dead, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.
Man, listen, family, we're so excited for you. You made the single greatest decision that you could ever make in your life. The angels in heaven are rejoicing and are celebrating with you just like we are here. And we are so excited for you for this renewed faith, this new commitment. And listen, we want to partner with you in this commitment. If you pray that prayer with us today, do me a favor, would you? Text the word SAVED to 252-627-9900. Again, that number is 252-627-9900. We don't want to spam you. We ain't trying to put you on a mailing list or anything like that. But we do want to connect with you and help you solidify this faith journey. Listen, you need to be surrounded by a body of believers who are moving in the same direction that you are. This, this walk was not meant to be walked alone. God ordained community. And we want to be that community for you. Not only that, we have some devotional materials that we would love to share with you that will help you solidify this faith journey and help you get to the next place that God has for you. Um, And also, if you're looking for a church and you're here in the New Bern area, come check us out. If not, let us know. We'll help you find a church wherever you are. We're about building the kingdom. We're not trying to build a church here uh, in in the name of Dayspring. We're trying to build the kingdom of God. So we don't care what church you're in. We just want to make sure that you're connected with people who are like-minded and are moving in the same direction that can help you on this faith journey. Okay. Listen, guys, I have enjoyed this time with you today, but I got to (laughs) go and I'm sure you do too. So enjoy the rest of your day. Once again, happy new year, everybody. Have an amazing week. And just in case your week is not so amazing, make sure it has an amazing you in it. Until next time, God bless you. We love you. And we can't wait to see you soon.